Welcome to the All In Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk about all things Olympics because today is the official start of the Olympics as long as you're listening on Friday. Hope you're all having a great start of the weekend, whether you're listening to this before the opening ceremonies, during, after. Um, I'm just so excited to watch the Olympics and, and go through it all. Um, now, you guys know that you know, every second week we have some amazing guests and we've had some amazing Olympian guests. And so on today's podcast, I want to talk about the upcoming Tokyo Olympics, share a few different thoughts about some things that are going on, as well as talk about what we can learn from some Olympians on mindset mental performance, physical performance, and recovery. So this episode is going to be about sharing all the amazing knowledge that the Olympians who have been on the podcast have shared on here. Um, Hope that if you haven't listened to all those episodes, you can go back and go check them out. I am personally cheering for my girl, Liz Gleedle. It's the third Olympics, and she's also a three-time all-in podcast guest. So definitely go check her out, as well as Carlin Isles. He is the fastest rugby player on earth, and he was on the podcast as well. Uh, last summer. So, yeah, let's let's dive into the topic of the Olympics. First of all, let's cover some of the news and things coming out of it. Uh, I think the main one is that there's still a risk that the Olympics could not go through, that they could get canceled halfway through or something could happen due to the the COVID situation. Um, For me, this is is a tough one. I think, you know, we want to keep the athletes healthy. Of course, athlete health and and mental health and physical health and the health of their families is, is paramount. But I just from the perspective and as an athlete, imagine giving four years of your life to something getting told that finish line is one more year away. Um, and then if it all were to get canceled, especially when you've invested all the money to go and, and get there and and do all those things, I think that would just be absolutely heartbreaking. And, um, I mean, we did see that last year, the NBA bubble and things like that could work. However, there were less athletes and coming from less places. Most athletes came from North America in that situation. Um, here it's athletes from all around the world who have different COVID situations, different, uh, travel situations, all these different things. Um, so obviously a little bit more logistics going into it, but I hope that we can keep everyone safe and healthy and that people can go through and that all the athletes are able to compete without, you know, contracting COVID so that they don't have to drop out or they don't risk their, their health or their competitors health or the support staff's health or their family's health. Um, I think what's going to be really interesting for the Olympics is them having no spectators the Olympics are kind of that big show and a lot of athletes, especially in sports that don't get that many spectators, um, which is the case for, for a few different Olympic sports. They're probably used to that already. However, they would probably have that hype built around the Olympics of getting to that level where all of a sudden they would have all those eyes on them. So uh, I think that it will play into the hands of those, those sports that aren't getting, you know, all those those fans compared to like a sport like basketball or something like that. However, all those basketball soccer players, they've had a year of training if they're playing at the pro level and they had a bubble season last year of playing without fans. So I think pretty much all the athletes should be well adjusted from, from that standpoint. So that, that should be good. That should be no problem. But of course it is, 
you know, a pity that you can't have your friends and family going with you. And, and going back to that whole factor of if the Olympics get canceled, and of course I know both sides of the story, but um, you have to think that some of these sports, you have such a short window to, to be at the top level. For example, Liz Gleedle, who was on this podcast, she's a three-time Olympian, which is such an incredible feat. When you think about that, especially with this pandemic year, that's almost like, you know, it's three, four year plus this one, uh, five year cycle right there of, of training for this one event. And that is pretty incredible. Some sports, um, such as some, some gymnastics where they peak pretty young, um, other sports where you really just have that one window to make that one Olympic games, and then your career might be over. Um, so realistically for some people, this isn't just another Olympic games. This isn't their, Oh, I'll skip this one and go to the next one. This is like everything that their life up until this point has been, been leading on. So just keep that in perspective as, as we watch and we see what, what plays out, just understand that the athletes do have that weighing on them. And that extra year was very difficult. What I do wonder about this extra year is, will we see more injuries? Will, what will we see? Because we saw a lot of pro athletes when they returned to their rush seasons last year, um, there was a ton of injuries, tons and tons of injuries. There was also a lot of mental health issues. I think one, we're getting a little bit, we're getting more comfortable of speaking out about them, which is amazing and so important for athlete mental health advocacy and mental health advocacy in general. But I think because people were extending their training, training by themselves, this also played into it. And so I think this will be the case with uh, a lot of Olympians. I know there's been some Olympians who have actually dropped out of the Olympics due to mental health concerns, as well as a lot of athletes who are pushing for this, this Olympics. And they maybe had uh, shortened training last year when they weren't able to access gyms and things like that. And so they're getting injured. So that's something to be mindful of as well as we get to the Olympics. Now, another last thing that I want to cover with like Olympic news um, before we dive into some of the awesome tips and advice and habits of Olympians is that in a sense, it is almost an unfair playing field at this Olympic games for the reason that different countries had different lockdowns last year. For example, here in Canada, our gyms were closed like 80, 90% of the time, also depending what province you lived in, but other countries, their gyms might've been closed for one month, two months, and then they were back open for training. Um, and some countries were allowed to travel to different countries, maybe like within Europe or uh, the US uh, definitely opened up travel and intra-state travel earlier. So athletes were able to go to training camps and be back with their coaches and everything. While here in Canada, that wasn't necessarily the case, especially with our Canadian winter. A lot of our summer athletes go to the States to train during our winter, and they weren't able to do that last year. So that is also something to keep in mind, uh, because these athletes have not haven't had an even playing field when it comes to training, uh, training resources and training time over this past year. So that will be interesting thing to watch and definitely a big factor. And I just want to reiterate the fact that we are all fans here watching the Olympics. If you're listening to this, um, more than likely, um, you, you might be another high level athlete for sure, but we're all, you know, here and watching and cheering and supporting, make sure that you're doing just that cheering and supporting and, um, you know, not getting upset because, oh, this athlete underperformed. What were they doing? What was their training like? Right. We all have different situations. And remember that an athlete is human. You wouldn't like it if, you know, people are dragging you for your performance just to make it to the Olympics is an incredible feat. So I think we need to all watch with, with that lens and especially, yeah, these athletes have sacrificed so much to get there, especially during the, you know, the past year, of course. So uh, it's pretty incredible and we should be cheering and supporting them all the way down to the last place athlete. 
Now let's dive into some of the amazing tips and advice and things that, that athletes on this podcast have given Olympians on this podcast can have given. So let's start off with training. I think that's an easy place to start. So a lot of the, the athletes that have come on, I definitely like to ask them about training. You guys know that I compete in the sport of CrossFit, which is literally the sport of training and sport of fitness. So I'm a big training nerd, love to, to chat with the other athletes and see what they're doing and how um, I can learn from what they're doing and incorporate it into my sport. So one thing that Liz Gleedle shared that she was doing a lot more of, especially over the pandemic, was a lot more mobility work and yoga work. So this hopefully will help her, you know, prevent injury, make sure her body is really healthy going into this, this games, as well as improve her position. So in a lot of different sports, there's certain movement patterns that you need to get to, and you need the appropriate range of motion, um, mobility and strength in those ranges of motion to be able to perform well. So that was something that she was really working on, especially with the fact that she wasn't able to train and to, tr to travel to her normal training camps, uh, over this past winter and this past year. So that's a big thing that I think everyone should be incorporating some sort of daily mobility. Um, mobility includes flexibility, but also includes strength work. Mobility work is actually quite difficult. It's not just a passive stretch. It's also, you know, making sure that you have, uh, you know, muscular recruitment um, and you can get your nervous system firing in different ranges of motion. Your body feels safe in those ranges of motion. So I would definitely check out um, things like uh, mobility programs. Uh, I'm trying to remember there's there's some different ones off the top of my head. If, if I remember, I'll put it in the, the show notes, but there's a lot of different mobility and flexibility programs out there. And I think it's important for everybody um, and especially, you know, people who are working from home typing. I know I do a lot of typing and video editing and different things aside from spending so much time training. And that actually really affects my time training as an athlete because of the postures that I have to be in. So for me personally, I got like a sit to stand desk. I'm actually using it right now as I'm recording this podcast. And that has helped me a lot with just working on my posture and different things to help me with injury prevention as an athlete. So that's one thing that I definitely recommend when it comes to training. I think another thing is load management. All of these athletes uh, do proper load management. They've taken a lot of time, a lot of time and done a long-term perspective when it comes to building up their load. So you don't see these athletes go in and just say, oh, I'm going to hit a PR on this lift or do this. They know that their training and their time in the gym, their time doing running speed work or whatever it is, is all to let them perform at their best of their abilities when it comes to game day. And they have to actually make it to game day to be able to perform well. So these athletes definitely don't go, you know, balls to the wall every single day in the gym or on the track or whatever it is. They train very intelligently and they have a team around them that helps them with knowing that. Another thing is all these athletes have some sort of knowledge about their training. Most of these athletes, especially when it comes to summer sport athletes, they know they're well-versed in, in training methodologies and they probably been through different coaches. They've had tons of programs. They've had so much background. So they know about musculature. They know about movement patterns. They know, you know, the basics. So instead of just letting their coaches tell them everything to do, they actually empower themselves by learning these things. And I think that's really important. I know uh, Manuel Mitchell talked about that on the podcast. He's a, an Olympian who was 
on this podcast, uh, I think last year or early this year, uh, either late last year or early this year. So definitely go check out that episode. It was uh, really, really inspirational. And he actually, he was going to compete in sprinting in this summer, but he decided to forego that in pursuit of really pushing to make the Olympic bobsled team next year, which is a new sport to him as he competed in track and field previously. Um, but yeah, so, so being empowered with awareness of different things so that when you have an injury or whatever it is, you go to physio, you go to your doctor, you know, your body really well, and you can help them help you. Because if you just go to the doctor and they tell you what to do, how do you know if it's completely right? You're trusting that they're an expert, but you know, your body better than anybody else. And so you do want to have that feedback and be able to, to discuss with them, those different things. So that goes for athlete or non-athlete. I think that's extremely important and just a general skill that we can take from Olympians and apply to our everyday, everyday lives, our exercise, our movement, and just our health in general. Now let's talk about, uh, let's talk about recovery. So that goes hand in hand with training. So a lot of these athletes, uh, they may have sponsorships with some of these, you know, fancy recovery tools that you see like Normatec boots and, uh, cryotherapy and, um, those hypervolts and the percussion guns. However, all the athletes that I talk to, they focus on the things that are free. The, I want to repeat that the things that are free, the basic pillars of recovery. And this is really important as much as, you know, those things can be awesome. And you see a pro athlete using some of the, the fancy recovery tools. And then you say, okay, well, I have to do that. Make sure that you're first focusing on the basics and those things don't cost any money. It includes sleep making sure you're getting like at least eight hours of sleep every night. I know some athletes who are like 10 hours. Of course, it's hard for anybody working uh, any sort of other job to just get 10 hours of sleep in a night. But I would say, you know, focusing on getting a, a minimum of seven, if you can, for some people, it is different. So you're going to, again, empower yourself to know your body. Some people can survive on less sleep, some more, but it's really important to take care of your sleep. Now, the most important thing about sleep, and I've learned this from neuroscientists, from sleep experts, and as well as from the athletes who have come on is sleep consistency. And I actually, I wear a whoop uh, wearable device that tracks my sleep. I've worn it for almost, I, I think over four years now. And so I know all my sleep and I know that consistency is extremely important. So I can give you some anecdotal evidence there, but I, I know that it's actually in the science because it balances out your circadian rhythm. So then your body knows when it's time to make yourself sleepy, as well as when it's time to make sure it's awake. And so being really consistent with those times is very important. Even if you are getting, you know, not as much sleep as you think you should, if your sleep is consistent, I think that's almost more important. Um, another thing that they do with sleep is having a nighttime routine. I know Liz talked about on the podcast that she has a nighttime routine. Um, sometimes it might involve reading, but often it's like, you know, shutting down all the electronics, uh, at least an hour before bed, doing some sort of stretching, relaxing, maybe some meditation, just doing things that will help you wind down and get you in the mindset for sleep. It's very hard to go from go, go, go and doing something immediately to sleep. So how can you actually wind yourself down after a day? and then you know get into that state to go to sleep. Keeping your room cool, that's also important. Um, temperature is a big factor on sleep. Um, and then next, I, uh, when we talk about sleep and, and recovery and energy levels, we could talk about light exposure earlier in the day. I think that's extremely valuable. 
Um, something I try to do is every morning I take my dog for a walk. I do that, you know, before I eat, I, I have like a big glass of water and then I get going and do that and just getting some motion, but as well as getting light into your eyes. Uh, if you listen to the Huberman lab podcast with Dr. Andrew Huberman, he talks about that. I would actually highly recommend that podcast. I'm a big fan of his and listen to his podcast every single week. And he talks about that protocol and how important it is for, you know, turning on, you know, making sure you get that cortisol spike, that you're up and, and going in the morning. And it also times out when your body decides that you're then going to get sleepy. Um, just to add to that, he also recommends kind of watching the sunset or getting some time out later in the afternoon so that your body senses, okay, this is like the end of the day and, and kind of time to, to wind down. That also can help. So getting outside and, and sunlight, not just sticking to staring at screens and being inside all day. It's very, uh, very beneficial to your recovery and your energy levels. Now talking about other free things with the recovery, you know, eating anti-inflammatory foods, and this doesn't have to mean uh, more expensive stuff. Uh, of course, you know, as you start getting to more organic foods and things like that, that can for sure help, but just making sure you're eating for recovery um, and, and choosing some of your um, macronutrients and just the calories that you intake to be foods that are going to help you recover. So some, you know, eating some antioxidants, um, making sure, you know, say you, you're having an injury, just eating like inflammatory foods, like just McDonald's and whatever, that's not going to help you recover from the in injury because it's going to cause inflammation. You're probably going to get into some sort of brain fog. So you're not going to be in the best mood. Um, and it's not helping your body do everything it can to, uh, heal whatever injury you're going through. Um, and so that goes for, for anybody, I think dealing with energy levels is, uh, inflammation is a, is a big thing that can inhibit our energy levels throughout the day, as well as our recovery, whether it's from physical training, but also mental, mental performance, uh, through our, our work or whatever it is. So just being cognizant of, of what you put in, I think nutrition is an extremely important piece to, um, performance, mental, physical, as well as recovery. Um, another thing that athletes do is the mobility and stretching point that's, that's big for them. It's also, you know, preventing some of the things they need to recover from in the first place, as well as proper load management, how you're training, you're not going, you know, one day you do nothing the next day, you just go super hard. And then you take a week to recover. It's just being consistent, making sure you're showing up and you're doing enough training to progress, but not too much that you can't show up the next day and keep working. So being consistent and being able to show up every day is more important than just overdoing it one day and then having to take multiple days off. Um, also most of the athletes I talk to take at least one rest day a week. So if you think that to be a pro athlete, you need to go 24 seven, that is not true. They take mental recovery days, they take physical recovery and they incorporate every single day, some sort of mental or physical recovery, whether it's a nap, getting more sleep, um, meditating, stuff like that. Um, so now that we talk training recovery, let's talk about, um, mental performance. What can we learn from Olympians about mental performance? Well, tons of stuff. And uh, really, I'll just refer you to kind of some of those those clip podcast episodes that I created with clips from all the different episodes. There's one on motivation. There was some on mindset and some on the process and things like that. I think that can really help with uh, building mindset and getting some tips for some of the incredible athletes and experts that have been on here, as well as checking out some of the full episodes, because we talk a ton about mental performance and mindset on the podcast. That's a big topic of every single episode. So I would definitely refer back to those, but I'll say some of the pillars are one growth mindset and, um, you can check back. I did a whole episode episode on, on growth mindset recently. Um, so that's a big pillar to all these athletes success is working on their growth mindset. Um, a habit that most of these athletes do is they, they practice different pieces of mental performance. So meditation is huge. 
Uh, visualization. That's a massive one. Pretty much every, every athlete that's come on has talked about visualization and the importance of that picturing the success that you want to see and actually, you know, feeling it to the point of, if you want to visualize yourself winning the hundred meter race, like, how does that feel? How does, can you feel it against your feet? Can you uh, feel the wind in your hair? Like those types of things. Same thing goes if you want to succeed in business, in school, in any other aspect, you want to visualize that success and get down to as many details as you possibly can. And instead of worrying, how will I possibly get there? Of course, you're going to work on the daily habits to do that with when you have a process mindset, the growth mindset, but visualizing that and actually picturing it is very important for your mental uh, performance, but also for your physical performance and making sure you do well, whether it's before a big presentation, a big speech or the Olympic Games, a, a big race. I think that's that's a lot of the lessons we can learn. I mean, I, I think I'm I'm inspired to or I'm excited to see the Olympic Games and learn more lessons from these athletes as we watch, see some records being broken, see some inspirational stories of athletes who have had to overcome a ton um, just to get there. I think that's my favorite part is hearing the athlete stories. And if you haven't heard all the athlete stories of those who have been on the podcast, again, just recommend you go back. I know I'm I'm biased, um, but I do really enjoy the conversations that are had on this podcast podcast. I think they're, they're important ones. Um, let me know, follow at, uh, at the all in project on Instagram and let me know what you want to hear next from a solo episode next week. We have a team Canada skateboarder on the podcast. So I'm extremely excited about that because skateboarding is a new, new sport to the Olympic games this year. I uh, hope you guys are all watching that. Um, would love to know your thoughts on these solo episodes would love to know what you know, as well as feedback, but, uh, topic, topic requests would be amazing. Um, guest requests. Let me know who you want to see next, uh, on the podcast, especially as Olympians are, are coming back home from the games. Hopefully we can, we can link up with some and get their stories of the behind the scenes of the Olympic games. So hope you guys enjoy the next couple of weeks of watching the Olympics. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, and make sure that you go back and listen to some of those past episodes, especially with the Olympians that, we're on the podcast and are competing this summer so that you can get a behind the scenes on, you know, some of their training, their life, their mindset, and the things that they've been through to get to where they're at and to be on the TV screen for you and given a great performance. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.